for the week of February 1st, 2022. This is the Book of Boba Fett TV Talk from Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into every Book of Boba Fett Disney Plus episode. Today, we are reviewing the fifth chapter of the Book of Boba Fett, The Return of the Mandalorian, in which the Mandalorian Din Djarin brings in a bounty in order to find the remaining members of his old tribe. But before we dive into that, I'm joined by TV Talks, Bell. Bell, what did you think of this episode? I loved it. I thought it was super cool that Book of Boba Fett was actually... Uh, a backdoor pilot for Mando season three. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. This was one of those episodes where like it gets started and I'm still like, like I'm sitting waiting the whole time for Boba Fett to show up. But then about halfway through it, I realized, Oh, we might not get Boba Fett at all in this episode. Yeah. That was very surprising to me. It's like, I, I figured, you know, um, and I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people who watched this show picked up on this, but when, um, uh, uh, Fennec Rowe was like, Hey, you know, we, we can use money to buy muscle or whatever. They kind of played the Mando theme in the background there. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, and, and, and everybody was thinking, of course, you know, Boba Fett's gonna, um, try and, and get Jen to like help out. Uh, and so I was expecting it, but I wasn't expecting so much. I thought there was going to be like a little bit of backstory to kind of explain like where he's been and how he's, how he's doing. And then we get into him and Boba, you know, palling it up and buddy copping, uh, killing fish people yeah. <laughs> on Tatooine. <laughs> right. I thought the same thing. I thought it was going to be, they find him, you know, or they call him and he shows up and it gets started. I was not expecting an introduction to Mandalorian season three, because that's exactly what this was. It was just first episode. Let's get caught up. And so I wonder if they felt like if this was a story that they didn't want to use as one of the episodes, because I mean, these these seasons haven't been particularly long, like old TV shows used to be, you know, 25 episodes yeah. um, and these are much shorter. So I didn't I don't know if they did didn't want to clog it with that. And so they decided to clog the book of Boba Fett penultimate episode with it, but they, this is the decision they made it. And, uh, I still loved it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that is, that is interesting, right? Because there is, we knew Boba Fett was going to meet up with Mando. Like we knew it was going to happen at some point. Um, and so since book of Boba Fett was coming out before Mando season three, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's just something where it's like, well, we we want to explain what's going on here, but like people are already going to have seen Mando in Book of Boba Fett before Mando season three, and so we got to explain. Maybe maybe they're going to want to know, oh, well, what happened in between then, and and so we can just go ahead and tell that now. But yeah, it was just it was an interesting way to do it, and I, I'm not disappointed at all. <laughs> and maybe it was to show how he becomes so effective with the dark saber. Um, because I'm sure that that's going to play a role in the book above that too. I think he's going to go and chop up some pikes and, uh, people might be like, how did he become so skilled? Um, and that's something where like, I mean, you can explain again in Mandalorian season three, but this is what we got. We have the return of the Mandalorian on halo. That's how I took this episode. 
I didn't realize there are ring worlds in the Star Wars universe. That that was new to me. Like I yeah, I I'm sitting there and like I'm I'm halfway expecting, you know, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you see Mando in his Mandalorian armor and like your brain kind of like fidgets for a bit and then all of a sudden it just like turns into Master Chief and you're like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, this is Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Paramount TV Plus is not happy that uh they beat them to uh Halo premiere episode. I know, right? That's, you know, this this the Halo trailer just dropped and then, you know, now we have this is what a ring world looks like in a in a TV show. Sorry Paramount. <laughs> you know, that's going to suck really bad for Paramount if they try to show us this and the quality is even half as good. Like if it's oh, yeah. if it's good for Paramount Plus but not as good as like the budget that Disney's throwing at this. People are going to hate on it. They're going to be like, "Why would I watch that when I could go watch a perfectly uh, a perfect Halo uh, CG on The Mandalorian season three? Yeah, and and that 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 uh, location is definitely going to be featured because that's where his tribe is located now. So correct. Like, it's not like we're never going to see this thing again. It's going to be it's going to be there and it's going to be prominent. And so yeah, it's really interesting that they chose to establish like the new base for the Mandalorians or, or I guess, um, you know, Jen's tribe on this ring world. And then Paramount's coming out with a halo series that's set on a ring world. <laughs> you know, uh, they gotta love it. They got, I mean, uh, hopefully it's good publicity for them. Uh, but going back to kind of the Mandalorian on this halo like planet, we have, you know, this, what a great introduction to this character. I mean, kind of old Western style, throw back the curtains, and then it's time to bring in the bounty. I mean, this whole opening sequence gives a whole new meaning to Slaughterhouse here. Yes, yes. Uh, Slaughterhouse 5. Or more like Slaughterhouse 8. I, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people, a lot of, a lot, a lot of people, uh, Got got slaughtered there in that old uh, little slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah, and this fight it's it's pretty intense. Uh, arguably, it's the most intense fight we've seen in any Star Wars project since the Last Jedi. Right, like the Last Jedi, that kind of Snoke's uh, palace fight was pretty intense. You saw a lot of people get chopped up. But this one, this was a crazy one. Uh, the dark saber. Uh, you know, this is what happens. Like, we all want a lightsaber. Everyone that's watched Star Wars wants a lightsaber in real life. I think Din Djarin just showed us what would happen if normal people got a lightsaber. Yeah, like, two things about that, right? First off, it's it's really interesting because, you know, as TV series go, go on, you know, your character gets more and more powerful, and so it becomes harder and harder to give uh, without, like, increasing the power level of your bad guys or whatnot, it becomes harder and harder to kind of uh, give challenges to your protagonist that um, are believable for the audience to, you know, think, well, he did this last season. Like, couldn't he beat this guy really easily? You kind of have to like build in those limits. Right. And in this case with the dark saber, they've done that. And uh, when you're not proficient in using it, um, it shows. And it was really cool to see that. Like he pulls it out and you're expecting him to be like, Oh man, he's going to cut people up, but he sucks with it. <laughs> And then um, that kind of reminded me, and this this is some deep lore from the EU that I that, that maybe I'm wrong about, but um, I I recall at some point reading about lightsabers, and if you didn't use a or if you weren't a Jedi, you weren't attuned to the Force in some respect, maybe not a, like a full blown uh, Jedi, but like you know just someone who's Force attuned, um, you couldn't even 
pick it up and wield it at all, essentially, because of like, I don't know if it was vibrations or something like that or something to do with the force, using the force to help control the blade. Um, I remember reading that a long time ago, but I, I don't think that's canon anymore because, um, you know, we see Finn who, who may or may not be force attuned. I don't know, um, but he uses a lightsaber pretty effectively without any training whatsoever um, outside of his uh, stormtrooper training with which I maybe parallels. I don't know. <laughs> Bell, I think you found the biggest plot hole in Star Wars since <laughs> before they <laughs> made everything canon. That is so true. I didn't even think about Finn using the lightsaber because even though he's not skilled with it, he still is throwing it around quite effectively. And so I'm sure, you know, most people in, uh, you know, the the fandom will just say, oh, it this just proves that he's actually force-wielding. I don't think Finn is force-wielding. I don't think he was ever meant to be force-wielding. I think that was something that a uh, large number of people felt because we were kind of you know misdirected in the previews jj abrams like um and ray turned out to be the force wielder which of course if you have a problem with that i guess that's on you but it's like one of those things that yeah he does use that lightsaber quite well and then all yeah. of a sudden the first time ever and and you're right because there's also like the the lore like a lot of people were talking about the reason that the first Darth Vader Obi Wan fight sucks so bad in New Hope was because you know lightsabers are supposed to be heavy and yada 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 and all that. So there definitely is something there in that really extended universe uh, Legends lore, and now we see it come back again. But yeah, this is it, you. You brought up a problem. You brought up a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think about it until um, you know watching. Uh, Mando's struggle with it is what triggered that in my brain because you know, like like you said, when we see Finn use it, like going from uh, you know our, our previous you know experience with the with the Legends lore and stuff like that, we're like, oh, he's got to be he's got to be some kind of Force user because that's those are the only people who can who can wield lightsabers with with any kind of like uh, you know finesse or whatnot. Not saying that he's the best that Finn's like the best lightsaber user, but like at least he can swing it. And not cut himself with it. <laughs> so, yeah. And then seeing him struggle with it, I was like, wait, hold on. Are they, is this going to be something that's intrinsic to the dark saber? Or is this something that they're kind of retconning with lightsabers in general? And so that's where the question is in my mind. I, I, I don't know yet. I don't know if it's something that's going to be dark saber specific uh, to sort of alleviate that whole Finn problem. <laughs> or if this is, um, uh, Mando has just zero force attunement whatsoever. And I don't know. And he's, he's gotta, he's gotta learn how to either, uh, uh, what, cause what does the armor say? Um, like use your mind or something. It's not your strength that controls it. You got to use your mind. And I don't know if she's referring to the force or she's referring to something else, but so that, that's going to be really interesting to see how that, how that goes. Yeah. And we see in rebels too, uh, the comment is made basically that the the blade is getting lighter when one person is using it. And so I think that it's just what the armorer was saying. Like, don't uh, don't use the weapon this way. Like, stop trying to use your strength. So maybe that's what Mando is doing, and that's why Finn didn't have the problem. Maybe he was less uh, emotionally attached with the way he was throwing it around. So maybe that's kind of the the answer there. I'm sure it's something. I'm sure they'll address something in some way because we know that Favreau and Filoni like talking about things after it's done. Um, so I think that <laughs> it'll probably be addressed. But yeah, that is definitely true. 
So I'll just accept that Din Djarin was trying to add power to a weapon that didn't need any more power to it. And that's why it became heavier for him. Because I mean, yeah, he almost I'll, takes I'll, his leg off with this thing because he's not very good at using it. If he didn't have his Beskar, he would be, you know, legless right now. And uh, that would be in a very bad situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, in Star Wars, they have a way of fixing those types of things. That's true. And he's going to go work for Boba Fett. So he can take him down to the 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 mod bar and get a nice little metal leg. That maybe it has like some <laughs> sort of like uh, Robert Rodriguez blaster on the end of it. So maybe like we Robo-Con. missed out. Maybe we should have seen him get his leg chopped up just, just to have stuff like that. But, I would love to see a RoboCop style blaster out of the thigh thing for uh, uh, for <laughs> for, for Jarn, yeah. Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and so we have the Mandalorian. He's tracking down his tribe. He finds the two remaining people, at least on this planet, or the two remaining Mandalorians, um, and he kind of you know reveals quickly that uh, he has this best car shield. The armor isn't too happy that. Uh, or not a shield, a uh, spear, and the armor's not too happy that uh, that a spear has been made um, out of Beskar because it's not supposed to be used for weaponry. And then we have the reveal of the Darksaber, and immediately you have Paz Vizsla, like, he's eyeballing it without you seeing his eyeballs, but you kind of, just the way that Bryce Dallas Howard directed this, like, we knew exactly the intensity that he was feeling even before we heard his name, because I believe this is the first time that we even heard his name and that he was a descendant um, of the uh, Tarvizla. Yeah, no, it was, it was very well communicated. You're absolutely right. Bryce Dallas Howard did a a brilliant job and that's gotta be something that's so difficult with these actors and directors is conveying emotion and um, you know, intent and stuff like that when people can't see your face or your eyes and so she did a great job sort of uh, instantly conveying that. It's like you see it and you know it. It's like he is he he wants something about that. Like something about that Darksaber has uh, has upset him. So that was super cool. That, that was uh, a, a really neat little director film nerd thing. <laughs> and in Mandalorian Season 2, when we first see Bo-Katan and uh, Mando interact and he refuses to take off his helmet, there's a comment that he you know belongs to that ancient cult and... Uh, they're at least aware of it, but the way that the armor talks about Bo-Katan and now knowing that uh, we have a Paz Vizsla in this conversation who is a part of this tribe, I wonder if the two have interacted before. Like, I wonder if this isn't the first time that Paz has tried tracking down the Darksaber because knowing for a long time that uh, this was something that Moff Gideon had and Bo-Katan once... So it's just interesting because the armor says very specifically the legend of Bo-Katan is a cautionary tale like that. Uh, uh, what's going to happen with that character? Yeah, that one's going to be really interesting. And and they also say um, numerous times, I, I want to say it was pause and the armorer both say, did you win it in, mm-hmm. in like ritual combat? Um, so I, I kind of have to think that, that pause maybe interacted uh, with Bo-Katan at some point. Um, maybe that's how he learned that she didn't win it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why he's so concerned with how Mando got it. So that, cause, cause maybe like if he didn't win it in combat, then if pause were to beat him, that would kind of invalidate his Correct. 
winning of it. So yeah, like uh, I, I get the feeling that maybe they've met each other and maybe we'll get some backstory on that. Mm-hmm. But it seems so weird because like the way Bo-Katan talks about the, 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 um, um, the uh, Mando's tribe, like the, they're, they're like crazy cultist and whatnot. But then the way that the armorer talks about it is it's like, we're still alive because of the way that we're doing stuff because of the way, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's really neat to kind of see both sides and to kind of be like, well, you know, I mean, who is, is right. You know, as far as, as their, as their beliefs there. So that's going to be a really interesting thing to see expanded upon. Yeah. And then, so we get kind of this whole ritual thing. Paz, he tries now to claim the dark saber for himself uh, and for his ancestors uh, and is unsuccessful. And so Mando earns this in a proper Mando v Mando uh, combat thing, which is interesting. Like how did this tradition get started? Right? Like did, because uh, we have certain things that we know about Tarvisla from, uh, you know, legends, and then from Rebels and Clone Wars when he's mentioned, but we don't have a whole lot. Like he's still kind of this mysterious character. Like, did he start this tradition? Because we know that he had disagreements with the Jedi, um, and he was a Force wielder. Like, so did he start this tradition? Is it, you know, is there a prophecy around uh, not only uniting Mandalorians to take back Mandalore, but is it? something that the true person is going to be a force wielder, which has implications. Like, are we going to see Din Djarin start wielding the force? Like what? Like what is happening? It's so interesting where we are. And this again is a book of Boba Fett episode. And there's all this speculation (laughs) going on, (laughs) but no, it's not going to be Din. It's going to be Grogu. Grogu is going to be that bridge. He's going to be, it's going to be like, you know, baby Yoda Mandalorian. And it's 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 going to be amazing. Um, and he is a foundling, <laughs> but does yeah, he, he have is. to win it? Does he have to win it from Din? I mean, I, maybe maybe that'll be like you know the, the 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 season finale, right, or the the series finale for Mandalorian, where we go a book of Grogu or something like that. We're like, <laughs> Grogu's got to fight, and Din. it's only a show about Yoda. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's I, a gosh. lot going on here. There is. It's so. It feels unfair to Book of Boba Fett to do this to them because there's there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in that show as well, and to have all of these like holy crap moments in a show that doesn't even involve the main character of that show mm-hmm. <laughs> is is really interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, I've already forgotten about the Rancor in Boba Fett's palace now. Like, it's just. That's completely out of my mind after this episode. Like all yeah. the stuff that was interesting, you're totally right. All the stuff that was happening in Book of Boba Fett. And I think we'll get back to that energy, but now we have so much like built up energy. It's like what's going to happen next week? Are we going to have like the, you know, the two X's in a room together type of scenario where we're like more interested in one thing over the other? <laughs> Right. Like, do I want to see Boba Fett ride a Rancor? Yes. Do I want to see Grogu wear his Mandalorian chainmail or whatever the heck the armor made for him? Yes. Which one do I want to see more? I think I want to see Grogu more. I I really do. (laughs) And it's also weird that we have this uh, Mando telling Finnick that he will. um... I think I lost you there. We have uh, Mando telling Finnick that he will 
help them, but he has to he has to say hi to Grogu first. Like that's the other kind of fascinating thing is that so Mando's gonna leave Tatooine, go give Grogu this stuff. So we probably won't see that next week. And let oh God, are we gonna get like half of a Mandalorian episode this week? Are we going to so, see Grogu in the book of Boba Fett? That seems too much. Like, I think yeah. they just need to pick up with Boba Fett, and then we see the Naboo starship or starfighter return to Tatooine, and it's it's all shown in The Mandalorian. It's, it's such a weird decision because, like, they could have just done that. They could have just had Din show up with the, you know, hot-rotted Naboo starfighter, uh... And then that that leaves us going, oh wow, where did he get this ship? What happened there? And then we see that, you know, in the the, the first episode of of Mandalorian season three. It's, yeah. I mean, it's like I I'm not I'm not upset at all that we got to see what we did on this episode. It just feels like such a weird decision based on uh you know this being a a, a Boba Fett centric story where an entire episode was devoted to the character that kind of launched the book of Boba Fett. TV show, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just weird, and it it did it felt like a season premiere of this show. Like it felt it felt very cinematic. It was, if I'm not mistaken, the longest episode of the Book of Boba Fett so far. Um, you know, background characters, what have you. If you watch it, like, let's say we're just been watching this TV series. If you're been watching it, I guess it's not that big of a deal because it's just kind of a break in your binge and then you continue cinematically with the other ones. But yeah, because we get not just the Darksaber and Grogu, but we also get the storyline that the Mandalorian is going to go down. Like, the armor hinted that they're going to try to take back the remains of Mandalore, that that is her goal. And then her goal has united with Din's ability because he has the Darksaber, but he removed his mask so he can't properly join them until he cleanses himself on Mandalore. So this is going to be like you go to Erebor, you get the King's Jewel, and then you unite the Seven Kingdoms, and then you take back your homeland. Like We understand where this season is going, I think. Yeah, it's it, yeah, there's there's so much neat stuff there, right? Like, you know, all these little cookies that they're dropping. And and I kind of hope that the the next episode of Book of Boba Fett is Boba Fett centric. We see him come back and we and like, you know, they they got to let us hang on to something, right? That you know, we're going to get to see Grogu put on his his Mando uh foundling gear. Maybe save that for Book of Bo- uh, for uh, for Mandalorian season 3. Maybe, you know, maybe save that for that. Have this next episode he comes back, he's done his task. Obviously not the uh, cleansing himself task. That's going to be like a season long kind of thing. Uh, 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 adventure, I feel. But, you know, save something for the Mandalorian season three, I guess. <laughs> and this all only happens within the first 10 minutes of this episode. Like <laughs> We haven't even talked about Mando going back to Tatooine to get his new ship. Because now we also are getting more introduction to... This thing, and I thought that oh, he's going to Tatooine. This is when he's going to bump into them, and then be like, okay, yeah, while they're fixing up my ship, I'll help you. But we see him repair the ship, and we and I like the idea of having Mandalorian and like a 
you know, uh, pimp my Naboo uh, star uh, starfighter type of thing. Like that was kind of fun to see and to see all that and to see what it looks like is cool. Also, you know, the comedic stuff with like Mando's going back to Tatooine, but TSA is a bit of a hassle because he has to take off all of his weapons and put them in the <laughs> trunk. And it just so much happens yeah. in this episode. Yeah, it. It was interesting. But he gets on Tatooine and he starts building this Naboo uh, Starfighter. Like, what did you think of that? What did you think of seeing, you know, this prequel uh, era sh- ship here? I thought it was neat to sort of bridge the, the um, you know, bridge them all together, right? So we have the prequel with the Naboo Starfighter and then we have this sort of intermediate era between the original trilogy and the the uh, sequel trilogy, where the where the Mandalorian show and Boba Book of Boba Fett kind of take place, so it's a neat little bridge there. Um, I the the yellow of the Naboo starfighters never really clicked with me. I like the chrome sleek look of of, of uh, Queen Amidala's ship mm-hmm. that she had, and so I'm kind of glad they sort of filed the yellow down a little bit and sanded it off a little bit in places. <laughs> um, the way they decked it out was pretty cool. You can see there's some uh, extra like, it looks like laser cannons or missile racks or something like that on there. Oh, um, yeah. But the coolest thing about that is they got rid of the droid, the astromech port in there and they domed it over. And I can only think of one thing that would be super awesome for that little dome to do, and that is to transport Grogu around. <laughs> and you just, just see him kind of looking around in the dome. Yes. Like, we know. We're in, we're in for such a treat of Grogu cuteness on that ship, just kind of looking around, eating something he's not supposed to be eating. Um, and then when, of course, there are, you know, fights happening, I'm sure he'll do, like, you know, ducks, hides, look around again. <laughs> Oh, that like they'll be doing a spin and he'll just be like kind of pressed against the glass of the dome as they're like pulling G's and stuff. <laughs> well, and that also kind of when you look at, uh, you know, um, what's her face? Pila, is it Peely, Peli, whatever? Uh, yeah, Amy Sedaris's character. Yeah, you know, she's making this ship for Mando, and she knows Mando carries around a little, you know, a little cute guy. And so I like to imagine she created that specifically for. The little cute guy, um, and then of course you know it's a little it's a soft subject, so you can't bring it up. But this is like so many questions again are like starting to be answered from chapter two of the Mandalorian because I was of the uh, I was of the camp that Grogu was with Luke when Kylo Ren lost it. So I was thinking like you just handed Grogu off to his death because we all know how Luke's experiment ends. But now it's almost like, like, is Luke going to let him go? Is Luke just going to be like, yeah, dude, see ya. You don't need the force. Yeah, I mean, do we know how much time there is in between Kylo going to the dark side and Luke, you know, starting the Academy and stuff like that? Because that that was what I was kind of curious about as well. Like, you know, there's two possibilities there, right? Like Kylo goes bad, burns the Jedi Temple, kills Grogu, or Grogu became a Knight of Ren Mm-hmm. And then Kylo kills him uh, <laughs> on, uh, uh, not Dathomir, um, Exegol. Yeah. But yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, I think we're probably 10 years away because in the, I think it was two episodes ago, Boba Fett, you know, when he goes back to the Rancor pit, he, or not the Rancor pit, uh, the Sarlacc pit, he tells Finnick, that's where I was trapped all those years ago. So we know that, all those years, whatever that number is, has passed. 
Uh, and it's safe to assume that uh, Kylo was uh, conceived, uh, you know, um, almost immediately after, you know, the battle of what was the battle of Yavin? Um, indoor. It, indoor. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. battle of Indoor. I would like to assume that's probably when uh, Han and Leia got a little friendly. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, uh, cause I think it, it the storyline was 30 years after the battle of Endor is when force awakens starts. Yep. Yeah. So that would make sense because then he would be, cause I mean, you're like you're eight or nine or something like that. When you go to join the Jedi temple. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that would be right around the time that Grogu, cause maybe it was 10 years in between uh Jedi and Mando. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it could be that, that Kylo and Grogu met each other. Yeah. And, and we, we never really had explanation, but I I would assume that it's a teenage, a young teenager, preteen even, uh, Kylo that's there. Because we have kind of the dialogue like from Han where they tried to work with uh with Ben and he was he had too much of Vader in him mixed with Solo, mixed with Leia, so it kinda like led to this, you know, this this melting pot of emotions. That is not good. And so I would assume that he was pretty early on. Um, and then also Luke disappeared. Uh, he's been gone for quite some time after when Force Awakens picks up. So, yeah. And we saw that he's not much older than season two Mandalorian Luke when we have the flashback of him thinking about killing him. We see, He has a beard and he's older, but he's not nearly as old as he was uh, in The Last Jedi. So all this speculation for (laughs) season three of The Mandalorian. But we got uh, all that stuff. So much stuff is going on. (laughs) It's Yeah, it's insane. Finnick, she shows up. She recruits him. He says he's got to go pay a visit to a friend first, and then the episode ends. Now, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode. Oh man. Um, honestly, I'm going to have to give it to the fact that Pelimoto has uh, dated a Jawa. That's disgusting. And they're hairy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think, Oh man. Um, there's, there's so much, there's so much, you know, we spent this whole entire episode talking about how so much was in this episode. But I think probably that like the biggest like uh, moment that I liked that was just the cutest thing in the world. I think it was is when you see the armor. I I believe she's making chainmail because you see her heated up and you see some chain links. And so I think she's making Beskar chainmail for him. I don't know if it's going to be like a, a a chain shirt or like a chain hat or something like that. But when she wraps it up, you can see how she ties it, and it kind of looks like little Grogu ears, like little you know little ears on there. And then when Mando pulls it out and looks at it, it totally looks like Grogu ears. Yep. And so I just thought that was the cutest thing in the world, and it made me just want to see uh, Mandu, uh, Mandu, <laughs> Mando, and Grogu. Mandu, that's their ship name. Yeah, Mandu. There we go. Uh, <laughs> the Mandu. Yeah. And it just made me want to see them get back together so much. And so, you know, there's there's all of that. It's like uh, just the the really interesting fact that like it's hard to wield the dark saber. Like that's super cool. Um, you know, the, the new starship that's super cool. Uh, his the ritual he's got to go cleanse himself with that's super cool. But like just the little Grogu pouch, 
with the the little Beskar chainmail. I I don't know. That was that was uh, that was really cute. <laughs> and Bell, uh, people can find you at uh, TVTalk.fm, correct? That is correct. And you talk about Flash TV Talk. Yeah, so uh, Flash is on hiatus right now, so we're doing a couple other things. We're actually going to so be talking about uh, Arrow. <laughs> the, the shows aren't about anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we just you know we do all sorts of different things. I think uh, our our next one is actually going to be uh, on Book of Boba Fett, but it's going to be a more broad, like all episodes kind of general sort of thing. So, uh, but yeah. And if our listeners haven't listened to Bo and Bell break down any type of content from movies, uh, you know, panel to screen type of stuff has been awesome. Uh, the TV show has been awesome. Uh, Bell has a really uh, good opinion on um, uh, Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom. He loved that film. So I encourage everyone to go look at that uh, or watch it and, you know, be amazed by this because... <laughs> It is a great time to talk about TV shows that aren't really about the title they give. That is very true. <laughs> and you can keep up, keep up with this show on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and by emailing us at hello at StarWarsTVTalk.com. You can find the rest of our shows online at StarWarsTVTalk.com and by searching for Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. You can find more TV Talk podcasts at TVTalk.fm. Thank you so much for listening, and may the Force be with you, always.